You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. We'll talk to Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk Live co-host, and his new book, Playmakers, is out. Uh, how the NFL really works and doesn't. It's uh, in bookstores today, can be purchased online, and it's uh, a close look at the past two decades of the NFL. One story at a time, more than 100 stories in there, guaranteed to upset the NFL. And Mike Florio joins us on the program. Good luck with the book there, Mike. <laughs> Dan, I hope that you enjoy my final appearance on the program. It's been a fun ride. <laughs> the drone is hovering outside my house as I speak. It's locked and loaded. Have you heard from anybody in the NFL home office about your book? Yes, I have. And it was when we first started trying to get people to buy the book, I was told by someone with a very high-level position in the NFL that there is a plan to purchase a a supply of them for dissemination and study in the hopes of, I don't know, improving things or oh. at least understanding what this idiot in West Virginia is saying about them. But apparently there will be a box that is sent to 345 Park Avenue at some point, unless the person was lying to me, which is entirely possible. All right. What did Pittsburgh do yesterday? They, well, they, they got a placeholder potentially at quarterback. And the irony in all of this is that five years ago, the Bears signed Mike Glennon in free agency, and we all thought Mike Glennon is going to be their quarterback in 2017. God save the Bears. And then that was just the cover so that they could draft Mitchell Trubisky. Now playing the role of Mike Glennon in Pittsburgh in 2022 potentially is Mitchell Trubisky. Because two years, $14 million for Trubisky, that screams out to me that they've got something else in mind. Surely Trubisky isn't the answer. And maybe they'll go forward with him. If so, it's a great dollar-for-dollar dollar deal. Sims and I were talking about this earlier. Would you rather pay Trubisky $7 million a year or Kirk Cousins $35 million a year? Is Kirk Cousins five times better than Mitchell Trubisky? No, he's not. So it's a great bargain for the Steelers. But it gives them the ability, if they choose in round one with the 20th overall pick, to take a quarterback if there's a guy there they really like, or even trade up. We've seen them trade up for guys like Troy Polamalu and Santonio Holmes and Devin Bush. If there's a guy they really like, they're not going to tell us. They run a tight ship. They keep their cards close to the vest. We didn't know they were on Trubisky. That's just an example of how they do things. So they may not be done. But the good news is, if you're a Steeler fan, you don't have to worry about Mason Rudolph playing quarterback for the team this year. I like the move because it doesn't cost you anything. And maybe if you look at what he's done historically, made the Pro Bowl, made the playoffs a couple of times, his one loss record, I think he's, what, eight or nine games over 500. He can be respectable there, and he can get coached up, unlike Matt Nagy, who didn't like him. You know, he's got a coach that will actually coach him up and maybe make him better there in Pittsburgh. Well, the challenge is always this, Dan. When you have a new coach with a player who – doesn't fit your system. Do you say, too bad, figure out how to fit my system, or do you adjust your system to fit the player? Nagy never adjusted the system. Mm. He tried to force Trubisky to fit it. And look, they went to the playoffs twice with a great defense and a solid supporting cast, kind of like what he's going to have in Pittsburgh. So if they do have to go forward with Trubisky, they're not going to come out and tell us what they think of this incoming crop of rookie quarterbacks. If they decide Trubisky's the guy, they can be as good as they were last year because Trubisky right now is better than Ben Roethlisberger was last year because Roethlisberger was a shell of the guy he used to be. He couldn't move. He had to get rid of the ball very quickly. Trubisky has athleticism, and, and if, if you adapt your system to suit his strengths and cover up his weaknesses, 
he, he can win games for you. Yeah, I agree. We normally don't focus on the Jaguars as a positive, but it seemed like they had a pretty good day yesterday. How would you sum up what the Jags did? Well, one way to try to get yourself out of a cycle of dysfunction is to spend your way out of it, and that's what the Jaguars are trying to do. They are using money to buy players to get people to say, hey, that team really isn't a complete and total mess right now. But when you look at the individual players they got, it's pretty good. Now, they may have had to overspend. See, you want to get to the point where you win the ties, where all things equal, players want to come play for you, and someone else has to outbid you to get that guy. I think the Jaguars right now are in that mode where they have to offer more than others. But when you look at what they've done offensively, they get Brandon Scherf. They add a couple of receivers and Christian Kirk and Zay Jones. They, they have Evan Ingram, who I think has more potential than what he's shown with the Giants. It's a one-year deal. It's $9 million. He gets to go back to the market next year and maybe cash in if he has a big year. There's just a quiet confidence that's emanating from these moves, and these guys are choosing to sign on for a team that was a mess last year. I think they recognize there's potential with a Super Bowl-winning coach in Doug Peterson, a number one overall pick in Trevor Lawrence. Urban Meyer is gone. I think that, that the Jaguars, uh, not that they're going to be a playoff contender right away, but who knows? We wouldn't have said last year the Bengals are going to be a playoff contender if we were talking about it in March. The Jags loading up on defense here. Uh, what do you think of the moves? Or Chargers, well, I, I should say. Well, the Chargers, I, it's, it's incredible. They, look, they're competing not just with the other teams in the AFC West. They're competing with the other team in their own stadium. The Rams are the defending champions. The banner, and I don't know, is the Rams banner going to be up when the Chargers are playing their home games? Either the banner or Mm. the brackets that the banner hangs on will be there as a reminder to the Chargers that the Rams are the current kings of the NFL. So they get their their answer to Aaron Donald, although Khalil Mack isn't what Aaron Donald currently is. Once upon a time, they were neck-and-neck best defensive player in the NFL. They get their Jalen Ramsey and J.C. Jackson. They're doing what they have to do. They get some interior defensive line help. They get Sebastian Joseph Day to change locker rooms in the same stadium. So they are taking full advantage, Dan, of the fact that this is the last year that they have Justin Herbert on the slotted rookie contract, which allows them to overspend cap dollars in other areas because next year they're going to have to do that contract with Justin Herbert. This year they can go all out to try to become a competitor, a contender, a playoff team, maybe a Super Bowl team right away. The numbers on Aaron Rodgers are out, so you got uh, two years guaranteed. You're talking three years, $150 million. What do you do with uh, Devontae Adams? Well, he says he's not going to play under the franchise tag, but what's he going to do? Is he going to sit out all year? Is he going to say no to $20 million and not sit out? It's $20 million for one year of football. I, I think that you have to try to figure out a way to get him to take a deal that he finds acceptable. And so far, they haven't been able to bridge that gap. But if you have to just wait him out, if you just have to hope he shows up, I don't know why he wouldn't show up at $20 million. That is a lot to leave behind. And a year from now, they could just tag him again. So I, I think that, that yeah, it's going to be a challenge to sign him to a long-term deal. And one of the problems with the Packers is they don't like to guarantee money beyond the first year of a contract. Well, if you're going to get a guy with the franchise tag whose first year salary is already guaranteed at $20 million, if you're going to get him to sign a long-term deal, you better throw that structure out the window. The Steelers did it last year with T.J. Watt. The Bengals haven't done it yet, and they need to. The Packers are going to need to do it with Devontae Adams. Jordan Love experiment over. Would you trade him? I 
would probably be inclined to keep him around because his salary is so low. He's a lot cheaper than any backup you're going to find. He knows the system. If Aaron Rodgers gets injured, he can step right in. And you never know what Rodgers is going to do after this year. I, I haven't seen the full details. I want to see all of the nuances of this contract to understand how easy or difficult it will be for Aaron Rodgers to retire after one year. I'm curious, is he making a two-year commitment to the Packers or is it year to year? If it's year to year, I need Jordan Love there in the mm. event that Aaron Rodgers decides to retire after the 2022 season. So I think I hold on to him for now. Uh, and and they've got you know they've got some investment in the idea that this guy's going to turn into a player. They traded up in round one to get him. I feel bad for him. He's the only one in this drama in Green Bay. I feel bad for because he's the only one that got inv involuntarily sucked into it by getting drafted by the Packers because surely he wouldn't have signed up to be the guy who pisses off Aaron Rodgers and sparks multiple MVP campaigns from one of the best quarterbacks in the history of the game. He's Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk Live co-host, and his new book, Playmakers, is officially out. Tom Brady's dad said that the media sort of forced Tom into retirement here. Wow. Do you take credit for that? Any, do, should we take credit for that? Does Tom Brady call his wife the media around the house? I mean, I feel like it was Giselle that was pushing and pushing him to finally walk away. There were shots of her in the suite during that playoff loss to the Rams when they were down 27 to three. And she just seemed like somebody who wasn't all that upset that they were down and kind of happy that this thing's finally going to be over. And she'd mm. been trying for five years to get him to walk away. I, I don't know. I don't understand it. I mean, he started talking about coming back six days after <laughs> he announced his retirement. No one pushed him into this. Maybe he needed to say, okay, I retire. And now I'm going to take some time to think about my decision. And then he decides to unretire, but it's nobody's fault, but his own, if he wanted to, I mean, it all came out of the blue, Dan, he had said all year long, he's playing through 2022. This idea that he may retire was stunning to me. It went against everything he had ever said. He's going to play until he's 45. That's through next year. So that, I don't think anyone was pressuring him or it, it was not a story. It wasn't an issue. It all came from him. So I, I don't, I don't buy that at all. And, uh, you know, get ready because Tom Brady's now Brett Favre and it's going to be every year, every year, every year until he finally calls it quits. Okay, let's uh, recap the bet. You had a bet with Paulie. Now I'm going to give you credit. You said Brady was coming back, but you said, you said that you would bet a pie to the face that Brady would be the week one starter in San Francisco. I did. Okay. I did. Did you lose the bet? Well, I, I, I've tried to negotiate something with Paulie. I thought he was talking to his lawyers about this. I've been waiting to get the facts from the law offices of whoever he has hired uh, to, to come to a conclusion here, because I think he was adamant on the fact that Brady's not coming back. So Paulie, did, did you win the bet? Uh, I've talked to my people, Dan, and we believe, our camp believes that we won the bet outright okay. using semantics over smarts. Okay. Yes, Eaton. Yeah. If I yeah. could be an impartial observer here, mm -hmm. wouldn't we have to wait until week one to find yeah, out who yes. won the bet? Okay. Yes. Thank you. Just Seaton. in an in, in, you know, effort of fairness here. I think we have to wait week one to see who's starting. So you, are you team Florio? Wow. No, I'm team justice. Team fairness. I'm team fairness. Team fairness. Yes. Uh, this is what it sounded like a couple of weeks ago. I think he's coming <laughs> back. I just think he's trying to find a way out of Tampa. Are you willing to bet on that? How much? Like a pie to the face. 
Oh, a pie to the face. I mean, pie to the face is nothing. It depends. I mean, unless it's like, you know, an acid pie. No, no, no. <laughs> it's a normal pie. A pie of your choice. Anybody want to take Florio up on a pie to the face? Paulie, Paulie will say that Brady does not uh, not come back. Just the Niners we're talking, right? Just the Niners. I'll do it. Okay. So pie week to the one, face, Florio. Wait, week one, Niners. If he's on the Niners, right. who takes a pie to the face? Paulie does. Paulie? Paulie does. And if he's not on the Niners, then I take the pie to the face. Yes. Okay. You come on the show, and maybe your wife can administer, or uh, Chris Sims can administer a pie that, to the that's face. That's it. Paulie, that's yep. a walk-off nope. like Larry Bird in the three-point shooting contest. He's a Joe but, Namath, but, Super Bowl three. Seton's right. Seton's right. Week one is the trigger here. Paulie did Until say just the Niners. Arrives. Paulie did squeeze in just the Niners. I know. He okay, did. how about this? The Monday after week one, you'll pay up if Tom I'll Brady is still. I'll pay up. I'll pay up. Okay. If, he's, if he's not on the Niners week one, yes. I will pay up then. Okay. Yes, Paul. Dan, as a winner of the bet, I'd like to suggest a, an option for Mike Florio. Ooh, ooh. Mike, as uh, we've been doing this for a long time with Pies to the Face, I'll prepare this for you as an offer on the table now, or mm. you could take Dan's offer. Mm. You could have someone, anyone you choose, hit you at the pie of your choice in the month of March. Oh, an off-season pie. Off-season pie, which is easy. That's okay. easy living. Okay, okay, okay. Or a lemon meringue pie in September. The heat of West Virginia. <laughs> lemon meringue. Yes, Seton. Yes, um, if I can just say the lemon meringue pie as a pie veteran, yeah, that's the one that I had it on my face for about five minutes while the segment ended and had a sunburn for the next two weeks. It burned the crap out of my skin. <laughs> that's an expert witness there. The lemon. So Whoa. I just wanted to throw that wow. in there, Mike. Mike, you so, want an off-season pie, or would you rather roll the dice and we would do that Monday after the uh, first weekend of NFL action? Now, now, now. The, so the pie would be completely of my own recipe, my own choosing. It can be the. I would have to know, approve the, it. I would have to approve it. Well, because the the typical pie to the face is just a bunch of whipped cream in a pie pan. We like to throw in strawberries or raspberries or blueberries, a crust yeah. in there. It has to be a pie that you can eat. I'll let it ride, and I'll take the sunburn from the lemon okay. meringue. Lemon meringue pie. <laughs> uh, by the way, Deshaun Watson is he going to Cleveland today to talk? No, to they're going to they're they're going to Houston to meet him. But Dan, he's got oh. a busy. You mentioned he's going to be questioned today for the first time ever about these twenty two civil lawsuits by Tony Busby, who's going to be very aggressive. And I, as a lawyer, former lawyer, recovering lawyer, escaped lawyer, I'm not comfortable with the idea that last night. Deshaun Watson's meeting with the Saints and Panthers. I want him relaxing. I want him getting a good night's sleep. He's in for a tough day today of being interrogated for hours about what he did and didn't do with these people who have sued him for sexual misconduct. But I don't want him distracted by his next football team. But does he have to answer the questions? Can he plead the fifth in a civil lawsuit or deposition? He was cleared on Friday, no criminal charges, and his lawyer has said once we get past the grand jury, if he's not charged, he will answer the question. So he's going to answer the question. It's going to be a long day. And Is there and video of this, Mike, that are they going to be video? There'll be video. There'll be a transcript. Now, it may not be publicly available, but if I'm interested in Deshaun Watson, I'm talking to his lawyers now saying, look, I want to see this transcript. I want to watch this video before I make a final decision. And I know of at least one potentially interested team that won't do anything until it knows how today goes. So I'm not real comfortable with him being distracted by this, but the Browns are in. I don't know how Baker Mayfield is going to feel about it, but the Browns are definitely in. 
And we don't even know what the commissioner is going to do. They, they might look at this as time served by him not playing last year, but I don't, I don't know if the commissioner is going to factor that in in uh, his pun- potential punishment. Here's what I think the NFL has learned over the years, as chronicled by several of the essays in Playmakers. The NFL has learned to never do anything <laughs> until it has to. Right? Yeah. You can't make a mistake if you don't do anything. So there's a chance that they won't do anything until the civil cases are resolved. If he settles them, maybe he gets suspended. If he loses at trial on one or more of these claims, maybe he gets suspended. But Dan, if he fights them all the way through to a verdict and he wins all 22 of these, if 22 boxes are checked in his favor on the verdict form, how do you, how do you suspend him then? How do you justify it? He was never charged. He was never arrested. He was never even found responsible under the very low standard of preponderance of the evidence, 51-49, actually 50.1, 49.9. It's a little bit. No, he's not responsible. So, so why would you suspend him? So the league has learned to wait. It won't surprise me if the league does nothing at all until after the civil cases are gone. But let's say he writes a check and it all goes away. Then the commissioner won't punish him? Could, could. Now, there was some belief last year because the Dolphins were willing to trade for him. The Dolphins and the Panthers were willing to trade for him before the trade deadline. The Panthers were fine with none of the legal issues being resolved, criminal or civil. We'll take him. But he wouldn't waive the no trade clause for Carolina last year. He would waive it for Miami. Miami owner Stephen Ross wanted all 22 cases settled. My understanding is that the Dolphins believed that he was going to get suspended roughly six games if he had settled those cases. Mm -hmm. So that's what Miami believed. Now, the NFL keeps the cards close to the vest. I don't know if they just made a guess, but I think if he settles, he's far more susceptible. I just don't know how you justify suspending him if he does fight this all the way and a jury decides he didn't do anything that rises to the level of violating someone else's rights. Thank you, buddy. Good luck with the book. He's Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk Live co-host, and the new book is called Playmakers. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate you. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hour two on this Tuesday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Come on in, stay a while if you can. Peter King on loan from NBC, Football Night in America, will join us. Ray Allen, one of the great shooters of all time, Hall of Famer, and apparently the Cold War with Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce is over after a decade. You know, sometimes you have a feud. It's like if you have an argument with your wife and then you forget, like, why are you mad at each other? Like, what, what are we mad at each other about? Well, you didn't want to put the milk back in the refrigerator. Oh, okay. And that's why we were mad at each other for a week? Yes. Okay. I don't know what happened 10 years ago other than Ray Allen decided that he was going to leave and go to the Miami Heat, and Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce took that personally. So apparently uh, the, the thaw is beginning between those two, those three. Got a little hug there as they retired Kevin Garnett's jersey and Ray was there. You know, Ray, to his credit, he shows up and he doesn't cause any problems with this, that it's more Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce 
that uh, you left us. Rajon Rondo also involved in that as well. Yes, Todd. And Ray said he wasn't even sure if he should have shown up. He didn't know how he didn't want to ruin <laughs> Kevin Garnett's uh, big night. What was that delivery? I'm not hearing it. I don't know. All right. The content was good. If you can get past I didn't the even orthodontic hear it. sounds and saliva. No, I didn't hear it. I mean, I didn't know what you said. Ray I, Allen uh, had suggested that he wasn't sure if he was going to show up on Saturday night. On Marvin, Sunday. Marvin, would you see if Tyler can clip that? We'll play it back for Todd so you can hear what we hear. Yes, Paul. No offense to anyone who has a retainer. When I was in grade school and someone sitting next to me. But Todd that, doesn't have a retainer. Right. It sounds like a young person who has a retainer in. No offense. I'll have to practice my... Speaking, I don't know how else to uh, address that. Okay. Seat, you okay back there? Yeah. Yeah. I just, you know, you just hear it and you know what's coming. And you're like, oh, God, is this going to be the next three minutes or three hours? No, no, just a couple of minutes. That's all. Eight seven eight seven seven eight seven seven. No, it's not. Not I, necessary. No, that was that was accidental. Eight seven seven three DP show. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dp show. Uh, say good morning to Chat Row. Uh, also Peacock, our streaming partner and our radio affiliates around the country. Yes, Seaton. How would you like a uh, update on the poll question, Dan, from hour one? Sure, sure. Great. Uh, next season, Deshaun Watson plays four. Do you want to guess who's winning? Your I, options are, I threw in the Texans. Texans, Seahawks, that ain't Eagles, Browns, Saints, Panthers, other. All right, do we want to make a prediction? So we made a prediction last week with Aaron Rodgers. Two hours later, he stayed in Green Bay. Todd, I'll let you go first. Deshaun Watson is playing where? This upcoming season. New Orleans Saints. New Orleans Saints. Good call. Okay. Seton O'Connor. Uh, I'm going to say the Panthers. All right. Marvin. Seton took mine. Panthers. Panthers. Okay. Pauline. Absolutely the Saints. Okay. Absolutely the Saints. Yeah. It makes so much sense for both sides. Okay. I was going to say Carolina because if they, but then do they keep Christian McCaffrey? I would think if you bring in Deshaun Watson, you want to keep Christian McCaffrey. That owner is desperate for a quarterback. And he thought he had one in Sam Darnold. It's just the Saints feel like they're really close. I'm going to go, I'm going to go Saints. I'm going to go Saints. Yes, Paulie. Part two of the question. Who is he playing for week one? Team... Nobody. You know what I mean? Is he playing week one? Is that like a commissioner's exempt list yes. situation? I, not, not which roster will be on. Which will he be on the field week one? I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say no. Who's leading the poll question? Right now, uh, we've got 37% Panthers followed by the Saints. And then Browns actually at 19%. Yeah. After that, it really drops off. I mean, it would be wild if he went to the Browns, considering what you have with Baker Mayfield coming off surgery. What happens to Baker Mayfield? Yeah, uh, Seton. But if you're the Browns, it feels like you chose Baker Mayfield over Odell Beckham Jr. Yes. So then how could you move on from him the very next season? Well, you don't have Jarvis Landry either. So you bring in Amari Cooper. Like, I don't understand this, that 
you brought in OBJ. Didn't like I didn't like the move. I love Jarvis Landry. And now Jarvis Landry, I think is his six-time Pro Bowler. He's gone. And now you bring in Amari Cooper. You trade for Amari Cooper. I, I'm not quite sure of the strategy with the Browns, but we Baker doesn't take too kindly to these kind of things or that he should be benched, or he shouldn't be playing, or he's holding the Browns back. Now you're going to interview, talk to Deshaun and Watson? It's one of those that you can't walk it back. Like, it's now it's done. Now it's a slight. We'll talk to Peter King about this. He'll join us uh, coming up. You know, big, big spending in NFL free agency is nothing new. And sometimes, I go back a couple of years ago, where we looked at the New York Giants, and they loaded up on their defense. Olivier Vernon. I just remember they had like four or five guys, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, they won the, the offseason. They won free agency. And then we realized the Giants weren't any good. I thought the Jags did a really good job. They signed a couple of uh, – you get alignment, a couple of wide receivers there. You got a quarterback on a rookie contract. Um, you know, the Bengals, I thought the Bengals did pretty well. They uh, signed their defensive end, Trey Hendrickson. Uh, he had 14 sacks helping the Bengals. They also get a right guard, Alex Kappa. He was a Pro Bowl alternate. I thought that was great. They got Ted Karras. He was uh, one of the top guards, top 10 guards in uh, pass blocking efficiency. You got that. I mean, that's why I keep saying about you can invest $100 million in your quarterback, but if you're investing nickels and dimes into your offensive line, you're going to have an Andrew Luck situation. But the Bengals... You got to protect your quarterback, and uh, it looks like they've done a pretty good job there. Yeah, Paul. And doesn't it seem like this is uh, the Bengals' first time in their history that they've been attractive to free agents? If I'm a team that wants to, comp- a guy who wants to compete, sure, uh, it seems like a nice place to live. All that low cost of living. Yeah, the Bengals have never been the place where, like, oh, I wouldn't mind playing there. I've got a chance to compete every year. Yeah, I don't know if you go back in time, and I think I brought this up uh, recently. How many free agents? have gone out of their way to want to sign with Cincinnati. Well, now you have this quarterback and you, you know, you got a team that went to the Super Bowl. Now, maybe it was a fluke, but you still have Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. And you start with those two and you got a chance. And that's all you need in the NFL. You got your quarterback, you got a chance. Tom Brady's return means that we get some incredible quarterback showdowns. He's going to face Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Matthew Stafford, Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott. Pretty impressive list there. But that's where you look at this uphill battle of if the Saints happen to get Deshaun Watson, then all of a sudden the NFC South changes. And Brady with that uh, schedule there, you know, it's not a foregone conclusion that you're going to be even hosting a playoff game because that seems like pretty tough sledding for him. All right, uh, let's see. A couple of things. I mentioned NFL free agency day one. Deshaun Watson talking to the Cleveland Browns today. He's also got, uh, he's going to be deposed for these civil lawsuits today. Steelers get Mitchell Trubisky. I like the move. Carl Anthony Towns dropped 60 points last night. And the Lakers have lost 8 of 10. I'm trying to figure out, you know, with Carl Anthony Towns, and those are big numbers. But he's put up 56 before. He scored 32 in the third quarter. Highest scoring quarter in the NBA since Kevin Love had 34 in the first quarter back in 2016. 
The last time somebody had at least 60 points and 17 rebounds in a game was Shaq back in 2000. He had 61 and 23. Minnesota, by the way, did beat the San Antonio Spurs. Yes, Marv. You would have played the stat of the day music there. I was going to, but you kept going. Okay. So you were saying for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Should I play that now for you? Now you can do it. Now. There you go. Stat of the day. Stat of the day. Stat of the day. Here comes that what? Stat of the day. Top. You got career stats for Carl Anthony Towns? Yeah, in his second year in the league, Dan, 16 and 17, he was averaging 25 points, 12 and a half rebounds. So he's always been a scorer. But he's only played in five playoff games in his career, and those playoff games were in 2018. He doesn't get any postseason run or attention. Well, I don't even know if he's the best player on his own team because Anthony Edwards is awesome. But, uh, you know, Minnesota's, you know, maybe we're starting to see something here. Maybe. Because they do have some talent there. Does anybody know the name of the Minnesota Timberwolves coach? Yeah, Paulie. I'm sure it's not. Eric Musselman's probably somewhere else, like Nevada. He's still or in Arkansas. Arkansas. Yeah. It's a good guess, though. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> Seton? Phil Harvey. <laughs> it It's sort of like that. Okay. Even though there is no Phil Harvey. Yeah, I just made up that name on the uh, spot. Is his last, is it Chad Finch? You're making that up. <laughs> I, I, could you check and see? Because sometimes I will go out of my way to watch the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yes, Todd. Is that like one of those old Hill coaches, Brian Hill or Bob Hill? Did they give him another chance? I didn't make that sound again. You just man. did. Yeah, I don't know what's going yes, on. Yes, you did. Yes, Paul. I guess a gentleman named Chris Finch coaches the Chris Timberwolves. Chris Finch. Congratulations. Chris Finch. Okay. He's been there since, oh, since 2021. Yeah. Long time. Right, he Chris. might be coach of the year. Chris Finch. How can you not like a Finch? Dan, he's from Cambridge, Ohio. Mm. Is that your area? It's. I think it's around Zanesville. Maybe. All right. Yeah. So, Carl uh, Anthony Towns scored sixty points, but now it's to the now it's to the point where you're like, uh, uh, Trey Young had forty seven, or Steph had whatever he. I can, It's it's become easier to score a lot. It feels like if you're a, a good player, great player, you can put up these kind of numbers every single night. And a lot of it has to do with, you know, defense, lack thereof, the three-point shot, teams buying into that three-point shot. Uh, you know, but Carl Anthony Towns is a good three-point shooter. And he takes great pride in uh, his ability to shoot. He, he might be the most unathletic guy to ever score 60 points. Like, <laughs> wow. But I know. That's, that's mean-spirited. Is, is that a compliment in any way? Um, he did score 60. But if you watch Carl Anthony Towns run up and down the floor, I, like I feel bad for him. I, I feel like he's, he's laboring it's to get very up. very tight. Remember when Dirk Nowitzki in his last year, and you're like, oh, Dirk, man, you are. I can't say you're slowing down. You're just slow. Yeah, Paul. Least athletic player who scored 60, Carl Anthony Towns, appearing. Larry Bird scored 60, his career high. Who appears less athletic? Carl Anthony Towns. Really? Yes. Yeah. Carl Anthony Towns looks like Herman Munster if he was running. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, 
It looks like it hurts him when he runs. Definitely Carl Anthony Towns. All right. Uh, we mentioned last hour, do NFL teams have fight songs? Because I thought, you know, we, we were excited about Mitchell Trubisky and we were going to play the Steeler fight song. And then I go, I don't even know if they have a fight song. What is the Steeler fight song? Well, unofficially, you know how like University of Wisconsin going into the fourth quarter, they play jump oh, yeah. around? The Steelers for a while now have been playing a song. A cl- I always call it a classic rock song. Maybe not a classic song. Mm. I, th- I think I could give you a thousand guesses and you wouldn't guess. And it's a classic rock song? It, it was very popular at the time. It's from a band that was very popular at the time. Now is not, um, history has not been kind to this band. Late 70s, you probably played it a lot when you're FM DJing. All right. Chicago rock band. Sticks? Yes. Oh, mama, I'm in fear for my life from the long arm of the law. Renegade by Styx. Lawman is putting into my running and I'm so far from my home. Ladies and gentlemen, Mitchell Trubisky. Oh, mama, I can hear you crying. You're so scared and all alone. Let's kick it up a little bit here, boys. Hangman is coming down from the gallows and I don't have very long. Now we mean business. Yeah! Come on! Come on, Mitchell! Would that song be better if they started right at when it kicks in? Because it's really the... Uh, the Feels like you kind of need the build a little bit. Mm, yeah, Paul. I, I know Sticks very well. They lead the league in long ramp-ups. Remember that song, Come Sail Away? Mm. Come Sail Away takes like a minute and a half to get mm. to the post. They couldn't possibly have longer lead-ups than Rush. That's not Rush yes. has seven different riffs just to start the song. Yeah, yeah that, that one's <laughs> tough. I wonder if it just if you just kicked it in like that. Yeah, Marv. But like even like Phil Collins in the air tonight, you have to play everything right. up until the build up to the drums. No, I'm okay with that because there's a little bit of suspense there with with Phil Collins. You can just you can but it's not a voice that is the build up. Did you just hear that harmony? Yeah. Oh something, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh shoot. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, Seaton. And even Phil Collins in the air tonight, even after the drums, it doesn't really kick in. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, you know I mean, wow. it kind of starts and then it goes, do, 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 do. That's about as kicked in as it okay. gets. I mean, I'm not. Yeah, Paulie. It's, it could be blasphemous in some communities. Yeah. <laughs> I love Marvin's attempt at singing Sticks. Have you ever heard of Sticks, Marvin? I heard of that song. I think it was in Billy Madison. Oh, I heard the song. Okay. All right. Did they do Lady as well? Lady is in uh, uh, old school during the, I think but, Lady by Sticks is playing in, in the wedding scene in old school. I know that. They have a song called Lady and a song called Babe, don't they? Oh, yeah. Babe, I'm leaving. Yeah. Babe, I'm leaving. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's, that, that was not good. <laughs> Let me take a break. Uh, <laughs> I, I danced with Melissa Nussbaum in eighth grade to Babe, I'm Leaving. It was a great night for me. Really? Oh, yeah. How about for her? Not so much. <laughs> That's how it usually worked out. Save room for the Lord.
Always. <laughs> always, yeah, always got to leave a little for the now Holy Spirit. Now it's playing, though. Damn, I, I hated that when the nun would come up and save room for the Lord. And I'd say, how, what's, what's the Lord's size? I need to, I need to, like, I got to figure this out here. Help us out. Help, help a brother out here, sister. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. She's the popular Peter King, Football Morning and America columnist, and, of course, contributor to Football Night in America. Day one of free agency. Who stood out, good or bad, Pete? I think the Los Angeles Chargers have virtually remade their team in the last seven days, signing Mike Williams uh, to a big deal so they keep, uh, you know, Justin Herbert's really become his favorite receiver. Uh, Then they go out and trade for Khalil Mack, who – None of us really know how much he has left, but clearly at age 31, he becomes the piece that kind of Von Miller became for Aaron Donald in with the Rams. And then they go out and they get the best corner on the market. Uh, J.C. Jackson has got more interceptions than anybody in the last four years in the NFL. And I think, and they get Sebastian Joseph Data as a space eater in the middle of their defensive line. What the Chargers said, in essence, was what and what Brandon Staley told me at the scouting combine, we are going to become a deep team. And that's what they are becoming right now. When he was the defensive coordinator of the Rams two years ago, he had a lot more depth on his side of the ball. And that is what, in my opinion, this early portion of free agency in the Mac trade does to the chargers. They've been the most aggressive and most impressive team so far. I thought the Jags uh, made some moves. The Bengals made some moves short up the offensive line. Is there maybe that, uh, that big weapon still out there that you could, uh, that you think some teams are going to be fighting over? I don't think so, Dan. I think that this is one of the, this is, this is, probably the sanest first 24 hours (laughs) of the free agent signing period uh, that I've seen in a long time, because there are still some very good players out there. There's a cornerback, Darius Williams, who a year ago was probably a top five corner in the NFL. He's still very highly regarded. He's young. Uh, He's waiting to strike it rich. So there are players who the NFL is saying, we like you, but we're not going to pay a ransom for you. There are very few ransoms this year as opposed to last year in the first 24 hours. Do you like what the Steelers did or the Commanders did at quarterback? More. Mike Florio had a great line about Carson Wentz is that finally he has been kicked out of the house. You know, he, he... he came into the NFL and there was 
you know, his two most important guys were Doug Peterson and Frank Reich. Well, Doug Peterson, uh, you know, benched him and the Eagles divorced him. And then he went to uh, his safe haven, Frank Reich. Well, after one year, that's over. Now he goes to where nobody knows him. And he, he basically has got to convince everybody, hey, I am still the quarterback you saw in 2017 before I suffered this knee injury. Um, and I think mentally this is the best thing for him. He's been thrown out by the two people who like him, have liked him the most in the NFL. Now, I probably like Washington a little bit more than Pittsburgh mm. because we still are not convinced at all that Mitchell Trubisky is a good NFL quarterback. And he benefited, I mean, Dan, he benefited greatly by not playing last year. <laughs> so think about that. He, he, I mean, he played for Brian Dable uh, and Sean McDermott, but he never played. So the point is, he looked great in practice. So what? What does that mean? We still don't know. The thing I like about this from the Steelers' point of view is, let's say he has two great years the next two years and proves that he's the successor to Ben Roethlisberger. His contract maxes out at $27 million over two years. He's still going to be incredibly cheap. Yeah. So the way I look at this is I think the Steelers did a smart thing I just still have no idea if Mitchell Trubisky's really any good. Tom Brady retiring or unretiring more surprising to you? Oh, probably about equal because I think we all knew that there was a good chance he was going to come back. And now that we saw how he came back, you know, Dan, he had to come back. If he was going to come back, he had to come back by Sunday. Now, with some hindsight, we understand he wanted Ryan Jensen badly. I think if you look at the guys who he really wants back, it's Ryan Jensen, Rob Gronkowski. Um, those, to me, Chris Godwin. are one, one and one A, and then comes Chris Godwin. But Ryan Jensen is the most important to him because he's already lost um, – you know, a Pro Bowl guard in Ali Marpet, who was not coming back, he's retired. And then he knew they were going to lose Alex Kappa to free agency. He could not come back to a totally denuded interior offensive line. And when, when you look at what Ryan Jensen meant to him, he's got a little S streak to him, you know, where you know, he's not a friendly guy out there. That's what Brady wants when he's in the middle of these, you know, these little battles he's, he's having. And so I think it was really important that he gets him back. So Tom Brady Sunday told the Bucks, you better get Ryan Jensen back. And then he told Ryan Jensen, look, I'm fighting for you. Don't agree anywhere else before, you know, you get absolutely as far down the road as you can with the Bucks." Sunday night at 11 o'clock, uh, his agent, Mike McCartney, uh, you know, tweets that this deal is done. That was crucial. But I think in general, I don't think this is that complicated, Dan. Jim Gray told me on Sunday night, essentially, Tom Brady doesn't want to be watching TV in September and look at the TV and said, I'm as good or better than any of these guys. 
Michael Jordan still watches NBA games, Peter, and probably thinks the same thing. Hey, Joe Theismann thought it until maybe four or five years ago. Yeah. So uh, you're right about that. I'm sure Michael Jordan, hey, look, Michael Jordan could could go out right now on a given night and score 20. I'm, we're all convinced of that. But the question is, what, what, do you, what, what does that mean? The difference is that Tom Brady last year had his most productive year, uh, you know, statistically, since the Randy Moss year in 2007. He did that at 44. Dan, one of the other guys who knows Tom Brady very well told me yesterday, said, here's the other thing about Brady that people have to realize. Nothing hurts. He's not in any pain. Last year, a year ago, he had to have that surgery uh, with Neil Elitrash to repair his knee. And so he had to go through a bunch of rehab in the offseason. Right now, no surgery, no rehab. Arm doesn't hurt, shoulder doesn't hurt, knee doesn't hurt. He's fine. So, you know, he still really loves doing this more than anything else. As long as his family's okay with it and they appear to be very okay with it, why not? He's Peter King, the uh, must-read column every Monday morning, football morning in America. What do you make of the Aaron Rodgers contract details there that uh, uh, $150 million over the next three years with the first two years fully guaranteed? You know, I think what it said to me was, so it's going to be very hard for Aaron Rodgers to walk away after one year, clearly. And when I read that and look at that, I look and say, okay, mentally, Aaron Rodgers says, I'm playing the next two years. That's what I think. And the only thing about this, Dan, that that to me is a little bit troubling for the Packers is that they have to sign uh, Devontae Adams. And, you know, I don't take what he said yesterday, which is I'm not playing for the franchise tag. I don't take that all that seriously, but I think what the Packers probably should do is signed Devontae Adams to four, to a four-year or five-year contract. But with these kind of dead years at the end, the phony years where you know there's a good chance that's going to be it. When I look and see at when I look and see Rogers' contract, the one thing I say is he's on that team for the next two years. Devontae Adams has his godfather for the next two years. So he's going to make a lot of money the next two years. And are the Packers going to be okay enough by pushing a lot of money into the future uh, to make sure that they have Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams through the last game of 2023? What are the Browns doing by talking to, interviewing, flirting with Deshaun Watson? I mean, I think they sit here right now and think at best there's a 50-50 chance that Baker Mayfield's our guy long-term. Maybe some people in the organization think it's 60-40 that a healthy Baker Mayfield is going to be good enough for them to contend to go deep into the playoffs next year. But probably what they're thinking is here's a guy 
who if we can withstand the the storm of uh, everything that's going to come at Deshaun Watson in these civil suits for the next year or so, if we can withstand that, if we can withstand a lot of our customers being supremely ticked off that the the billboard of our franchise is going to be a guy who currently is being accused by 22 women of sexual impropriety. Dan, I just think, you know, everybody is saying, oh, let's go get Deshaun Watson. I mean, this is not gone away. Criminally, it's gone away for the time being, probably forever. But how about how about in the court of public opinion and in the court of civil legalities? He really still, this is not over. And so I just think you have to have a certain belief in Deshaun Watson. I talked to one general manager over the weekend, not Cleveland, but talked to one general manager over the weekend who asked me, which tells me everything you need to know. And I don't think he's going to end up going to this team, but, but uh, how many of those 22 cases do you think go forward and are serious? So, you know, it's clear that NFL decision makers want this to go away and believe that at one point it will go away and we'll see if it does. Thank you, Pete. Great to talk to you again. Have a great week. All right. Thank you, Dan. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, nine to noon Eastern or six to nine Pacific on Fox sports radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. So we came up with the concept of an app where you could scan your trading cards to find out the value. So we need to have a name for our app. Then we have to actually develop the app, but uh, that seems small details there. How about Card Judge? Okay. It's, they're going to judge your card. Your right trading. to the point. Yeah. Card worth. Mm. Yeah, see. You don't think it needs a name like uh, like we always talk about flugel or something? Like it's some random word don't that's made up. Don't you have to have two, like, two O's in it? Didn't you say that that's like uh, yeah. so Google, flugel? Like, oh, you know what app you need to tell that? Uh, go get Garble. Garble <laughs> is the one that right. tells you all the. They all have some kind of name like that. And then you got Goop. By uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. Yep. Two O's in it. Natch. <laughs> How about Bloob? Bloob. B L O O B. You don't know what it's about, but you tell people you can make a lot of money. When you... The symbol could be a blueberry for some reason because it's like Bloob. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay. It's spinning this forward. So, like Apple, and then you have the bite of the Apple. So, we have Bloob. Bloob. Okay. What do you do now? I oh, did, I work for Bloob. I just think that somebody may like leave out a letter. And they, you know, if they're Googling and Bloob becomes... Why don't we just call it Boob then? Yeah. I've been Googling that for decades. Okay, so... Boob app. When you go to Bloob, you take your... Uh, I've got a Walter Payton card from 1978. Of course. You I don't know if it's worth anything because it's not a rookie card. Okay. You take a picture, you scan it, and there's people who instantaneously tell you the quality of your card based off what they see and what the market is for it. And then they prepare an offer for you. Well, no, I think it should cost you. The, the, we, we have to make money on this. Okay. So the app is, if it's going to, we're going to charge you a nickel 
every time you scan your card and ask for some information. It's like um, there's an app where you can, you can uh, point towards a bottle of wine. Uh, Vivino is one. And then you just take a picture and then you send it to them. And then they come back and they say, you know, it's a 4.2 stars. This is how much it costs. Gives you all the information on it. Yeah, Paul. My concern is that uh, it seems like something as, as ingenious as we are as a group. Yes, of course. Preface. And ahead of, ahead of the curve. Yes, we're really. cutting edge at everything. Incredible. Yeah. It seems like it's possible someone else has come up with this idea. Yeah, in the last five minutes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, what if somebody in the last five minutes developed an app that was called Collect, C-O-L-L-X, and you could snap a photo of your cards and get the value in seconds? Is that a real thing? What, what if they just developed in the last five minutes the fastest way to figure out what your cards are worth and already had it up on the uh, Apple, the App Store and Google Play and had the uh, website already put together? Oh, they did. They did that? Yeah. Damn. Just, just, just since you said it. Yeah, yeah, Paul. I don't like that name. Collects sounds like a collection yeah. agency that's calling you to take your money because you didn't pay a bill. Ours is cool. Bloob? That sounds like a good time. Bloob. <laughs> Brought to you by Dan Patrick. Everyone likes you. We're yeah. off to a good start. Show me your bloobs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <that's... laughs> Show me your bloobs. What? Yeah. Your bloobs. <laughs> ching, 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 yeah. ching, ching. Um, <laughs> did we hear from Mark Cuban yet? Did you? I have not heard back from him. Oh, okay. Just yet, right. He is aware. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in case you were just joining us, uh, Fritzy had um, a, a delivery. And uh, oh, I, wanted to, I wanted him to hear this just so he knows what it sounds like. All right, I, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be diplomatic here. Do we play this? Who's in favor of playing this? That uh, Todd with uh, his delivery, Todd. Yeah, we should play it. I'm, uh, not, I'm, oh. I'm not hearing it. I need to okay. know what's going on. Yes. Yeah, what if somehow in the recording it didn't sound like that? And it's just us. And no, no. Imagine if like it just sounded normal, like there was no <laughs> thing. Sorry. Who, who votes against playing it? Paulie does. Okay. Seton does? No, I'm going to vote. I was going to vote against playing with it until Todd said he wanted to hear it. Yeah, he so now was. I'm going to stick with Todd. Yeah, I am too. I'm going to support him yeah, in this moment. Okay. So here we go. That, you know, then that's a phony uh, vote by you, <laughs> I wanted to seem compassionate. I knew oh. all the votes were in. <laughs> all right, Marvin, play it. He wasn't even sure if he should have shown up. Is that really how it sounds? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's. I, I don't have braces. You. I don't have braces or any kind of orthodonture. I don't understand. <laughs> play. That wasn't enhanced at all. It really came play. out. Play. Play it again. He wasn't even sure if he should have shown up. <laughs> that wasn't. Are you seriously? That wasn't enhanced Stop at all. No, that's what you did. Are you, are you guys being totally serious that they didn't play with that in the back? God, I swear to God, that's what it that's, sounded that's, like. That's that's terrifying. Let me play it one more time. He wasn't even sure if he should have shown up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, why am I I'm not hearing it like that in my ear? It's terrible. Do you hear it now? I can't believe that that's what... That's, I, I understand why you guys are making fun of it and cackling and enjoying it. And I don't know what to, I don't know how to cure that. I'm drinking water. I'm trying to make sure my mouth isn't too dry or maybe it's too maybe wet. Maybe it's too much water. I don't know what to do. I don't know what you do for that. Yes. That's so beyond odd. We invented Bloob. Now it's the mouth vacuum is our next adventure. <laughs> but I didn't always do that. So, like, what's changed? I don't understand. Something in my diet? Like, I, I haven't done that all these years, that kind of sound coming out of me. So what is it? You would have a little bit of the... 
Like but that. that's ridiculous. That was that one was. <laughs> that's I, like some kind of Warner Brothers character that you'd watch on yes, Saturday morning. Yes, that's. Uh, <laughs> I sell seashells at the seashore. That's that's that actually is terrifying to me to hear that back. No, play it one more time, Marvin. He wasn't even sure if he should have shown up. <laughs> that is crazy. I can't. Is, if, if that's the authentic version, and I trust yes, you guys that it is. Todd. Then, then that's, that's I really need to. how uh, you sound. I should probably go from here to some kind of medical center. How the hell could we doctor that? For my for that to come out of my mouth like that, and I, that's that really needs to be examined, like ear, nose, and throat doctor or something. Right. That's horrific. 